you are now about to go on a generic side quest. Hello and welcome to another episode of Generic Transmission Gaming Edition, Episode 3. This one's a little bit of a special episode because we have E3 upon us. That's right, the Christmas of gaming is coming up. But right before that, we got a Pokemon Direct for Sword and Shield, which debuted yesterday, a 50-minute Pokemon Direct. And here to talk about it is none other than my co-host, Mr. Amriel. What up? Hello, Amriel. And we also have a special guest. You might have heard him on our wrestling pod. The mid-carter. The mid-carter, Mr. Sean Alley. Hello, hello. We know you're a big Pokemon fan. A big Pokemon Go fan specifically, right? Uh, you and I, we uh, do a lot of raiding, a lot of trading, a lot of... I don't know what else rhymes with that. But oh, we do a lot of Pokemon going and we're big Pokemon fans here. So we wanted to get together and talk about how everybody felt about this direct. So, Amriel, what were your overall feelings on on the direct? I guess, I don't know, I'm half and half. It's good to get new information. Um, I hated some of the things <laughs> that they showed. Yeah. It didn't sell me on it. It's nothing that I have to rush out and buy. Oh, <laughs> we'll get into specifics as to things you liked and you didn't like, but overall you're just saying it, it didn't... Nah, it didn't do anything for me. Okay. Um, Sean? Yeah, I was super excited when I saw the announcement uh, coming for uh, for June 5th. I think, like I said, like I am a big Pokemon Go fan, but I, I think my fandom for Pokemon only expanded into Gen 2, and after playing Pokemon Go and seeing kind of Gen 3, Gen 4, I really regret not being into some of those games and buying the consoles to play those, so I was really excited to know that for the Switch, this game is coming out and it's going to be like kind of starting over and participating in, in a new gen of Pokemon. So that was sold either way. It, they could have, they, the, some of the stuff that was shared, I wasn't a little bit underwhelming, but overall, it, was, it wasn't going to affect uh, my purchase either way um, of, of, of uh, Sword and Shield. So, yeah, overall, I thought uh, satisfying, I think, was what I would take away. Nice. Yeah, I, I'm a sucker for Pokemon, so yeah, I was going to buy it either way. But I was actually disappointed from the original reveal of the game, and this Direct actually sold me on it. Mm. Yes, there are things, specifically the Dynamaxing, <laughs> yeah. which I think we can all agree we think is a little bit... Dumb. Dumb, a little stupid. Uh, it replaces Z-moves. It's basically gigantic Pokemon or giant forms <laughs> of Pokemon. Godzilla Pokemon. Yeah, maybe they'll still have Z-moves. Maybe they'll still have Megas in there. Who knows? But it seems like it's this region's gimmick, and it doesn't seem like a very interesting gimmick right now. Big shout you, out to Massive Raichu, though. You know I, what I it reminded me of? Do you remember uh, Mario Tennis for the Wii U? How its gimmick was Mega Mushroom? Yeah. And that was the only gimmick? <laughs> this uh, reminded me exactly of that. They just made the Pokemon bigger. It's like, why? Like, come on. Yeah, from what they showed, it doesn't seem like these Pokemon are going to have any different moves. They will have more enhanced moves, maybe more defense, more HP. It's not really explained if they will. And it only lasts three turns. It doesn't even last till the end of the battle. So say say you, you Dynamax a Pokemon, right? Yes. And you you get more attack power. 
and I use protect, and that wastes one of your turns. What's the point? Well, maybe the protect will only cut half of uh, Dynamax Pokemon's attack. Like I, we don't know the actual details in terms of the attack and defense mechanics with Dynamaxing. Yeah. And we were even speaking about this yesterday, in terms of there should is there be s- a downside. So like after the three turns, mm-hmm. do you lose half your HP or something like that? Or yeah, do you become overall, do your defense stats drop after you Dynamax? So there is a risk and reward. Because it seems like if I can Dynamax in a match and there's no risk when I go back, I just become a regular Pokemon mm-hmm. again, yeah. I'm going to Dynamax all the time, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping that there is some sort of strategic element to it, like a risk and reward system. I see... Sean is re-watching the trailer on there, and he's specifically on that uh, Dynamaxing part, too. Uh, what are your feelings on, on Dynamaxing? Yeah, I wasn't overly impressed by this kind of, like, big... Yeah, this the bigger <laughs> version of, of Pokemon. I think if uh, I Dynamax and my opponent does, does it, um, then obviously I have the advantage. Um, but if we both, then it's just two gigantic Pokemon battling, which I don't see uh, the appeal. I'm just looking kind of at the video paused on... The screen that talks about like max lightning, max guard, max knuckle, max strike. So I don't know if that's like a different impact. It doesn't really strike uh, anything to me. I think we talked about off air kind of um, if you Dynamax a Metapod, um, and it and typically Metapod knows Harden, but it's a much bigger uh, Metapod. You know, is there actual physics to this? Is there like the ground that that shakes around it if it fell on a smaller pokemon is it automatic ko like um are there those kind of portions is there like your weaknesses suddenly reverse like fire and is a water no longer super effective against a dynamax like a squirtle versus a charm i'm I'm talking gen one as if those are the pokemon gonna be featured but you know are those suddenly irreversed like uh, so i guess we don't know enough information from the onset uh, it doesn't really capture my. I think it just seems like something that should have been done like early on. Mm-hmm. Um, Pokemon got bigger, like to battle Mewtwo, or you know, like mm. the like that initial time, like that was the one time. So it doesn't really stick out to me as a, a selling feature, and probably something I'll do like once to see how it looks, and then be like, okay, that was lame. I'll get back to. It is. It could potentially be a um, a fun callback to the Pokemon anime, where they encountered that giant Dragonite. And didn't they go to an island that had giant Pokemon? Uh, maybe, I'm not sure. I could be making that. that up, but I thought there was an episode with uh, like a giant Pikachu and everything. Mm, not sure about that one. But I remember. I definitely remember the giant Dragonite. Yeah. So that's a cool fun back, uh, callback, but um, I think that's it. <laughs> yeah, the Dynamaxing was, for me especially, it was definitely the weakest showing. Something that wasn't weak to me is the what they're calling the wild area very generic name but basically what this seems to be is the roots or what originally used to be the roots between towns and cities becomes a big open world with a fully controllable 3d camera where the pokemon just like let's go you see them on the over map and you can get into battles with them there you could fish seems like you could shake trees it it gave me breath of the wild vibes of course i don't think we're going to be able to climb every surface um you're not going to have a bow or at least i don't think you will have a bow but i really like this this mechanic because 
you're still going to have your typical cities where you discover um, you have your gyms, your your shops, and you meet random people with their Pokemon. But these open areas really seem like the next step for, for Pokemon. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's about time that they bring in a 3D camera. Mm-hmm. Even though the art style is a bit 3DS-ish. Yeah, it just looks like an upgraded 3DS game, to be honest. It's just a little bit of an upgrade. Yeah, but still, it's it's a step in the right direction. Also in the wilds, they also included a new game mechanic. They've included raids. Uh, you go to these waypoints, and I guess those points you connect online, connect, connect up with three people to battle Dynamax Pokemon. Which is cool. I like raiding with friends and stuff. Seeing what's in their party. There's a few specific raiding gameplay mechanics. So only one of you can Dynamax your Pokemon. Also, some of those Pokemon you encounter in those raids will then show up in the wilds after you defeat, defeat the Dynamax version. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. That's kind of like making it into games as a service. Which could be a little bit scary, but... They're trying something new. Hopefully, Nintendo does not mess up the online. Sean, are you interested in any of the online features? I think, yeah. Participating in kind of these uh, these raids, max raid battle, I guess, as I'm just looking at it now. Uh, that, that's a cool aspect, I think, um, that would be a fun. And especially if it does mean that they come back in the wild. Um, and if there's Pokemon that are exclusive to kind of like the max raid battle, then that adds to the prestige um, mm-hmm. of, of finding one. It's interesting if that if this has always been kind of in the plan and Pokemon Go okay. incorporated raids to kind of see like what that was or yeah. if because of raids and the popularity mm-hmm. it is in the mobile game that that gave them kind of the go-ahead to try this in an online platform where, you know, I guess kind of like for rural players who may have this but have the online, they kind of, excuse me, get that feel. Yeah, but I think the open world was really uh, what impacted me um, in playing Let's Go and shiny hunting when you're done the story mode it gives you something to do afterwards and i think with open world things that maybe you missed on your way to like you really you i don't know at least for me when i get to playing the game um i'm in story mode i try to take my time but like i need to get to that next gym i need to like you want to beat the game Mm -hmm. um and so to go back into the open world and um, maybe it's a different weather feature at that time or shake a tree that maybe you didn't realize was there right um i think that's really cool and the and the yeah, I think it's about time, uh, you know, a Pokemon game has the ability to, like, change the camera to look in all sorts of directions. And I think if they're, uh, hopefully it's not a, too much of a, a demand to have that, like, if I'm looking here, I could miss, you know, a Pokemon behind, behind me. Mm-hmm. And if I turn, it's not always going to be there. I'd have to come back the next day to kind of, like, mm-hmm. replay or find something. Or maybe I missed my opportunity. Just, like, as if, like, a real world kind of uh, take on it. So, looking forward to that piece. Um, for sure. The wild area, you know, at least the name isn't anything that stands <laughs> out, but uh, my complaint would be like, what the heck is Dynamaxing? So, oh, you God. know, yeah. wild area is a safe safe uh, term. Yeah, and just one more thing I wanted to talk about, about the direct were the Pokemon that got mm-hmm. revealed, the new Gen 8 Pokemon. I believe we saw seven. We saw two legendaries and five, I guess, regular Pokemon. Overall, I'm a real fan of most of the designs, it gives me that feel of Kanto and, and Johto. I really love Wooloo. Like that, I wish that thing was a starter, to be honest. That's going to be my new Mareep. So a real big fan of the design so far. 
I know, Amriel, you were saying that you do like the design of the turtle. Oh, yeah, the turtle. Yeah, right, right. So that's Dreadna. Mm-hmm. That is a water rock Pokemon. That guy looked real cool. Even his description, uh, you have to be like a skilled trainer to control it. And some trainers actually uh, throw it away because they're not skilled enough to control it. I don't know if that's just a Pokedex entry or if that will actually impact gameplay. But that, to me, was one of the standout, if not the standout Pokemon that was shown. I like Wooly too. It has that classic Pokemon design. But I think uh, Dredna looks cooler. How about you, Sean? Did you like any of the... Yeah, um... To be honest, I'm still stuck on the starters. Okay. Like, that's kind of where... I was more looking to see if any of their evolutions would be revealed in this, but um, mm-hmm. Dreadnought, is that, is that his name? Yep. Um, he, he was the one that stood out, and I did, I, similar to yourself, I did like that feature of um, those who can master him. Uh, obviously, he's he becomes even more of a powerful Pokemon to have in your, in your uh, roster, but yeah, uh, Corviknight, I guess, was another... I, at first, I was like, this looks like your typical raven pokemon but after looking at it and knowing about the transport piece Mm -hmm. something about i think uh, not to be like i guess it's 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 cool that we all have different ones that stuck out um but probably corvin was the one that left the most impression on me i'm not a big like flying type pokemon but it's like a more improved version of the underwhelming at least to me underwhelming skarmory (laughs) skarmory is underwhelming to everybody so yes it's like there's something about Skarmory that should be cool, and he's just not. Um, yeah. Maybe Corviknight is the one that gets it right. Yeah. I, I actually, I don't know. There's some designs of these Pokemon. Like we we already have a Cotton Grass Pokemon. <sighs> Jumpluff or Jumpluff exactly. Jumpluff sucks. Um, it's true. This one looks cool. It has a cool little afro, but we already have <laughs> it. It's all plant type too. It's not even dual type. The Corviknight thing. It looks too over designed to me. It looks. Cool, it doesn't look like it fits into the Pokemon world, in my opinion. I know, Ricky the Leap, you said you liked it. Yeah, I actually really like its its design. Yeah. Are there any, uh, like, did anything change in kind of the starter Pokemon you're leaning towards, or? Nah, uh, well, I, so, it's funny that you, Ricky the Leap, you said you didn't like the first trailer, but this trailer sold you. Mm-hmm. I think, for me, it was the opposite. I really liked the first trailer, um, and this trailer was like, nah. Show me some more. But we got our, our our first good looks at the starters in the first trailer. Score Bunny seems to be the one I may choose. Although I don't like that I think it'll turn into a fighting fire. Um, because we have too many fighting fires. Sable, I'll, you know, he looks cool. I wasn't too big on Groovy when, when I first seen him. So I think mine would have to go with Score Bunny. How about, how about you, Sean? Um, I think, yeah, initially it was probably Grookey that left an impression, but I think I'm going to go with Sabo. Mm-hmm. Um, something, I think there's something about it starting off timid that I feel like its final version is going to be the opposite of that. Right. That's where I'm leaning. How about you, Ricky the Leaf? Uh, I still have to go with Grookey, so we all chose different <laughs> starters, but I do have to agree with Sean. I think Sabo's going to have the coolest or the most unexpected final form. Mm. I just hope it doesn't happen like what happened with, um... Primanera or no? What was the name of the, like the uh, uh, Poplio's last form? I uh, turned into like a ballerina seal at the end, which right. was very disappointing for many people because they really like Poplio. But yeah, Subble seems really cool. But I will be a Grookey starter for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's grown on me. 
Uh, okay, so now we talked about starters. We talked about the regular Pokemon. What do you guys think about the legendaries? I personally love the design. Uh, I shouldn't say love. I personally like the designs of the legendaries, especially Zacian, mm-hmm. which is the one with the sword in its mouth. I like how it's a slimmer wolf. And I actually, I don't think it looks silly that it has a sword in its mouth. I know some people are, are making fun of it and uh, comparing it to the Dark Souls boss that looks very similar to it. But they look like legendaries to me. They both look different enough and they follow the sword and shield motif. I, I like it. It might not be the most creative use uh, for their legendaries, but I'm a fan of them. I like um, I like Zamazenta, which is the shield wolf. Because it looks like the shield is incorporated into his mane. Wolves are obviously cool too. I don't like Zack Kane because, like, why isn't the sword attached to him? Uh, I don't like it. I don't like that it's separate. I know Cubone and, and Farfetch have items too, like separate items that aren't a part of them. But I feel like a Cubone could just get any old bone and a Farfetch could get any old leak. This sword looks like. I don't know, was he born with the sword? Like, where did he get the sword from, you know? Plus, his, he's got this weird wings. I like the slimness of it. But I, I, overall, I think I like uh, Zamazenta better. It just fits the motif a little bit better. I wish the sword was attached to Zakane. How about you, Sean? Yeah, I wasn't sure at first when I first saw both legendaries. I'm anticipating a third or hoping for a third just because... Kind of like that uh, when there's three, but um, I'd be okay with both, either or. Probably leaning more towards uh, Zamazenta's of the shield. Yeah. yeah. Shield body one. That one, yeah, there's just something about... I don't know. I think I lean towards it because I anticipated more people liking the sword one uh, more, <laughs> so I wanted to be in the minority. Sure, um, sure. Yeah, and then just even the names. Um, you know, typically, like, you have Wolu, who's a sheep, and, you know, wool is kind of given in the name so i I don't know i kind of like that they didn't go like wolf zed wolf what like right i mean like they didn't go kind of the easy route they went with something um a little bit more unique and i think it may play into some kind of like mythical like uh you know something deriving from a warrior that is kind of like a swordsman or a shield like something Mm -hmm. from that kind of like mythology and that's where the names kind of originated yeah i'm wondering like you know if kind of like zakian or the one with the short sword if that as a legendary that sword has been like passed down and that's kind of where it's always been in his possession and so it's either strapped to his back or in his mouth and like i don't know whatever the i I think there'll be an interesting story i think there's a lot of room to be creative with right um, for, for both but Legendaries are just an awesome part of Pokemon, and I think sure, sure. Um, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit. I don't think you know when I saw Gen two, I wasn't big on like uh, Raikou or Entei, like right um, at first, and now like it's certainly grown on me. And like you may think like, oh, legendary birds is kind of lame uh, initially, but and wolves are obviously way more kind of cooler than. So I think over time is and familiarity they'll grow fan base, but I'd say a good first impression. Mm-hmm. I hope. I hope, like, I, I think I agree with you. No, I know I agree with you. <laughs> um, I want a third legendary, but no more. I, I don't like the influx of legendaries. Uh, Gen 4 had a lot of legendaries, and that kind of became the trend. I think you stick the three, you build them up, um, and, that's, and you're good to go. I do think there will be a little caveat to Zakane and Zamazenta. 
I think they'll have an alternate form where they have a humanoid form. Like, they turn into actual knights. Like, hmm. humanoid wolf knights. That's just the vibe I'm getting. I could be 100% wrong, which I probably am. But they also do, and uh, Sean, I think you brought this up. Uh, they do look like Digimon. Uh, Garurumon, more specifically Metal Garurumon. Which, I mean, was my favorite Digimon. But it does give off Digimon vibes. Uh, Rix, do you have any anything else to add to short, Sword and Shield? I mean, there was more in the trailer, but just to not drag this on, we did see one of the gym leaders. Oh, yeah. We did get to... We didn't find out much about the lore. Like like Sean was saying, um, that these legendaries, they probably will go a little bit more in-depth with how they came to be or... Like if it's, I I always thought the the shield and the sword icon that's used in the logo is some sort of family crest, um, and we're gonna find out more about that, like the people that lived on this land before. Also, Sophia, <laughs> that is probably the main reason why you want to buy this game. Uh, she's the assistant to, I believe it's the second ever female professor. It was either Gen 4 or Gen 5 had a female professor. Uh, no, this it wasn't like... Gen 4. Okay, then it was probably Gen 5. Uh, it's an older lady. I forget what her name is, but I know her assistant's name is Sophia. Magnolia. Magnolia. Oh, thank so you, Magnolia. Sonia Magnolia. <laughs> and the Pokemon champion is Leon, and your rival is the menacing Hop. No, he's not your rival. He's your friend. He's your rival. He's your rival, but it, he's, it, they... he's like friendly with you. Yeah. He's not a Gary. Or a blue. No. Yeah, did you... similar to the rival I'd say in Let's Go. Oh gosh, the rival in Let's Go is so not your rival. Hop doesn't take anything out of your ear. Oh man. <laughs> what? There's just this scene where it looks like he's like, there's something in your hair, and he gets closer, and it almost looks like he's gonna kiss you. <laughs> and then the screen goes black, and then he's like, oh, there was this, and then there's like 10 revives in your hair or something. <laughs> what the heck? And then he it's just, like smiles. And... Yeah, anyway. he's just so nice. But sorry, we. <laughs> Everybody go play Let's Go. Get excited for Sword and Shield. Buy the dual pack so that Pokemon Company can continue making Pokemon games oh since they are struggling so much. So if, if we want to get back on Hop real quick, <laughs> his uh, bio actually says he's one of your rivals. So I guess in this game you'll have multiple rivals? Maybe. Um, but yeah, he is the brother of Leon. Who is the champion, which is, that's kind of cool. I like to see that, um, that you're actually rivaling with the champion's brother. Yeah. I can make uh, for some cool story choices, though. Pokemon never gets too in-depth with its story, so I'm not expecting too much from it. Um, but any final thoughts on Sword and Shield from you guys? I definitely think we'll hear more about Sword and Shield at E3. There was just too little in this Direct. Yeah, we got Dynamax, uh, and that was huge, literally. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we'll get a bit more specifics at E3. And before we just move to you, Sean, are you buying a Switch for this game? No. Okay. <laughs> Didn't expect it yesterday. <laughs> Sean, you have a Switch. What did you think? And are you getting the game? Yeah, I was just, I'm just always happy to see the new any news that comes out related to the game. And yeah, I've already pre-ordered That's right. uh, Shield. So I'm going to be a Shield guy hey. going into this one. Uh, I don't know. I'm just looking. I, I'll say this. I'm not, given that I pre-ordered it, if it doesn't come on opening day... Um, I don't think I have that excitement to play right off the bat. My concern is that they're going to reveal something and then I'm going to be like, no, I need it today. But that's a good that's a good place to be at, right? Like you're yeah. excited to have it irregardless, but if it doesn't come out the first day, it's not the worst. It's not the worst, but 
my concern again is yeah they're gonna have this awesome feature that's gonna be like no i need it like (laughs) so it's a good place to be in right yeah it keeps your expectations in check right so you don't get overly disappointed when the game comes out and it sucks (laughs) (laughs) well we might find out about that feature at e3 next week yeah i don't see them adding much more at e3 Mm. Uh, maybe on another direct before the release in november but or maybe like a treehouse yeah something like that because we know it's playable on the floor and it will be part of their treehouse direct sorry their treehouse yeah and i have mine pre-ordered i will be getting sword since i seem to be the only sword fan here but for all you canadian fans if this deal is still up walmart has their e3 deals on the game is there for 65 dollars either or uh, it's regular 80 bucks here in Canada, so you can save 15 bucks, or you can buy the two pack for 125 dollars for you real hardcore fans that want to own both versions. Well, you, you could split it with a friend, get a two pack and split it with a friend. That's right. Sean and I will not be doing that because we don't know if you actually get a separate case for each one. But yeah, thank you for joining us. Let us know what you thought of the direct below, and are, what are you excited for in? Pokemon Sorted Shield, or are you not even excited at all? Not even a Pokemon fan. Why are you even <laughs> listening to half an hour of us rambling about Pokemon? Um, and stay tuned for more great coverage on E3. Our predictions are coming up.